Yeah. Do you know like the significance of each holiday? Not all of them, because there's like Victoria Day. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't think it's a celebration <laughs> of colonialism. <laughs> yeah. That's basically <laughs> <laughs> Almost all of them are celebrations of colonialism, like St. Patrick's Day, Canada yeah. Day, Victoria Day. I wonder, are I they related to, like, religion, like, or religious stories? Hmm. Or Christmases. Like, Christmases. They call it, like, winter break now, because now... Right. They've realized that they can't oh, center it around. Yeah, because <laughs> it has, like, Hanukkah right before Christmas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Halloween. I mean, for most people, yeah. it's just like about capitalism. It's not actually about any like sacred time. Yeah. But there are people that are Christian and that are so probably Easter. Yeah, Easter is a very like Christian sacred holiday, Easter. and it was when we were being raised by our grandma. Like, it I was mean, more it's, about Easter. Eggs. It was more about <laughs> Easter. Eggs. Like, we would paint them because we have a had a great aunt who is. Ukrainian, so we would like paint the eggs, yeah. which is a Ukrainian tradition. And wear like that was really bright dresses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bright dresses? Well, I feel like our grandma used to sew us these really like puffy, bright yeah, dresses. Really. Oh or like oh had these crochet dresses that were like handmade as well. Like, yeah, we had some cool. Yeah, from Auntie, Auntie Hazel. Our grandma's Dene, but like in her aunt, who kind of was part of raising her. They're really religious. They're quite Catholic because yeah. she went to the residential school. Um, so the only those were the only stories we ever heard was like there's all these like Bible stories you can animated that you can watch videos of them and mm-hmm. yeah those are the only stories I really heard from. It's just like Nepal, like how you see the on the TV they have all the religious Hindu yeah. oh like, yeah totally. TV shows. Oh, right. You know, like, that's just like yeah. everyone's watching them. I hate it. <laughs> but everyone, every housewife in Nepal and India is watching them. Would watch show. them, yeah. yeah. At 7 a.m. <laughs> what? <laughs> every day. That's crazy. Spiritual soap opera. One day Suna came. They used to go to this uh, Bible study. Bible study? Catechism. Catechism. <clears throat> for children, a study for, of uh, Jesus. Good stuff. <laughs> Until one day, I was just, um, I don't know what I'm doing, and Suna, I think, is uh, four or five years old. She called me and she's crying, and I said, why are you crying, Suna? You are going to hell! <laughs> she's like that. Why? I said, why? <laughs> I said, why? Because you don't go to church. Oh, you gosh. don't believe in God, <laughs> and that's when I had to, I had to was box, uh, you know, on a box I had my Saraswati Lakshmi, I had my altar, and I had to take Suna. Look at Suna, this is my church. I believe in God, and uh, I'm not gonna go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just you know, Grandma believes different. You go to church. I don't go to church. That doesn't mean I don't believe in God. And that uh, made her feel good. And I put, I, I showed, this is an incense. I'm lighting. Look at the candle. I'm lighting. And I'm praying here. Mm. And so it's a mess is that what you give to kids? Mm-hmm. Because they're innocent. They're learning. Every, you know, belief you follow, Christian, Hindu, Buddha, Muslim, all have their belief. One thing. 
everybody believe is God. So different way. As long as you, you believe in something, that's what it counts. And we don't know. Nobody knows who goes where until, you know, the person whose soul moves and they go through. Reflecting back, like, it must be very confusing for you guys to... When, did you ever feel like you were pull apart between, mm-hmm. like, like, Christianity and your mom is, like, Hindu and Buddhist? Ever... I didn't. I actually thought it was really cool because I thought... I never felt torn between them. I just thought they were all... Like, I, I literally thought Jesus and Buddha were friends. Oh, that's, that's a cool way of thinking about it. Well, I'm like, they're, they're on the same level over there. I didn't think that there was, like, a separation. And, like, yeah. we used to go to temple here, which was a Hindu temple. Yeah, Hindu temple. Yeah. And then we've gone to, like, a lot of different places from when we were young. So it yeah. always... And, and because Emma was, like, literally like this when we were young, she always encouraged mm-hmm. us to go to church with Grandma other things it's probably more on the christianity catholic side that it was like them trying to say that there's only one way mm-hmm. but we kind of grew out of that religion as well by the time we were teenagers i mean i i think from that moment when i realized that they were lying or that that wasn't well i guess i realized that if i were to believe in catholicism it would i could feel like the heartbreak of realizing my mom wasn't included in that and then also, like, her saying something which made so much more sense than that. So I wasn't fooled by Catholicism from, like, a very young age. But I would still, like, watch the movie the about, like, Jesus. I don't know. My dad brought a movie home once about maybe it's the passion. I don't know. I was a kid, so it was an older one. But... I'd still cry about Jesus and what he went through. Like, I felt mm-hmm. I was always a spiritual kid, but I never really, no religion ever made that much sense. I actually, it was more like I felt really torn between my mom and my grandma because I knew my grandma wanted me to choose her and what oh. she believed in. But I didn't, but I also felt loyal. You know, I loved her. So I would, like, put one sock on the way my mom showed me and one sock on the way my grandma did because I was, like, I just, like, felt really guilty about uh, siding with either. I literally. (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of more about the person. For me, I don't know, religion seemed more about loving the person who was telling me these things Mm -hmm. rather than. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't remember feeling torn up religion-wise or what I believed in. Yeah. Like, oftentimes when we were growing up, they would say, you have to follow this because this particular God says this, and then we blindly follow it. Right. Like, we don't even go or ask why. (laughs) After, like, I guess I was 15, 16, then I started questioning, okay, why do we do this, though? Mm. (laughs) Right? Mm-hmm. Like, is there a reason we need to particularly follow this, like, it, the very route that they have advised mm-hmm. us? Because, like, I found it very different when I go to a monastery and a lama does certain things, and a lama would come to our home and does certain things. Mm-hmm. But it's both were the ceremonies for, for positive energy and bringing, mm-hmm. bringing um, positive uh, energy to the home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's... I don't know. Do you still feel like you guys are religious or, like, spiritual? Spiritual, for sure, but not religious. Mm-hmm. Even, like, Buddhism as well. When I 
have been at ceremonies like in Nepal, at least the ones I've attended, which I think were more Hindu. But like if I if my body is not involved and if I don't have a role within the ceremony, then it doesn't mean anything to me. It just looks really beautiful, mm-hmm. and then usually it's very tedious too. I found where I guess like native spirituality which is like being in sweat lodge and like going through vision quests it's all these things where your physical body goes through an experience and a process that and then you feel it in your you you can feel the difference in your brain and your body and your spirit that's the only thing that is actually palpably like sensational to me and which really makes a difference in who I am as well Mm -hmm rather than just sitting down and watching other people do it totally someone who's like just rehearsed this thing and you can tell they're kind of just zoning out while they're like rehearsing these things and <laughs> no that's what happens in ceremony look at satyanara and puja look at the ceremonies you do at monasteries there's literally a big like purohit or what do you call them Lama priest, the priest, yes, who does the everything, and all we are supposed yeah. to do is sit, sit there and listen and do namaste. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I mean. I've heard someone describe it this way, and I really relate to it. Is like religions often, like, is built around this idea that we go to a place where someone else has a relationship to God, and we listen to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas what Suna was describing about the native traditions that we've been introduced to mm-hmm. is that it's about your own relationship mm-hmm. with creator. It's not about right. putting anyone between you and that that access to God. And yeah. so, I mean, that's like, I also relate to that as well as like religion just doesn't make sense because it seems like you're always going to need someone else to help you. Mm-hmm. Right? They're like HR department. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, like the idea that someone else could have a better idea of yeah. what is right for you. Like, I mean, in Catholicism, you have to go and like do confession and all these things that are so awkward. Don't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever confessed? I maybe one time and it was just so awkward. <laughs> you know, like there's this guy who you can't see who doesn't care at all about what you're saying and then like just tells you to say Hail Mary ten times after. And you have to like tell them this embarrassing thing that you've done. <laughs> That's my experience of it. Oh my god. So kids you're like racking the brain all the sins that I've done. <laughs> particular river or something or like uh, mm. tap waters where mm. you would take a bath and say all your sins will be oh, forgiven yeah, cry, yeah. <laughs> huh. yeah there's actually called uh, a place called uh, Baistara Baistara mm. yeah I've been there uh, every full moon right um, usually once a year we do yeah. that once a year around Chait that means Chaita April Chaita April Mm. There's a full moon ceremony, and then you know, Swembunath and Bhaktanath, mm-hmm. and right in between, there is Baistara. Mm-hmm. So, you start your journey from Bhaktanath, oh. go to Baistara, take shower. a shower, ta- the Dara the will take care of all of your sins, <laughs> and then you go to Swembunath and light a 
like a candle. Yeah. Well, that actually sounds nice, yeah. and it involves the elements. Yeah, you are ha- you actually have to walk. Yeah, like in the old yeah. days, you had to walk and make sure the lights are always in your hands, right? Yeah, I wasn't told that way. I was yeah. We were always like, you have to walk and make sure. I mean, uh, you take the bath. taking sin sin away. We were not told. We mm-hmm. were. You go to Bodha, mm-hmm. you stay fasting, you know, all night, uh, stay awake. Oh, yeah. And, uh, of course, we get to sing, sing a song. Stay all, and then next morning, dawn, Bodha, to Balaju first. And then, like, all night, you're, you're cleansing. But uh, didn't say, like, washing away sin. And you cleanse with this uh, 22 dharas tap, running that stone. And, and then you walk from there to Soyambu and you light a candle. Then you, you know, it's a candle is lighting for people who passed away. Mm. And they, they, that your prayer go to them. And once a year you honoring them. You, you go to Kasi, Kasi, wash yourself, then washes your sin. That's mm. what uh, I heard. So everybody's <laughs> interpretation is different. different yeah. Cleansing, yeah. cleansing, it's kind of similar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, staying all night in the temple, walking there, and then last, you're just okay. Now I'm done till next year. It's just uh, different, different. You know, growing up, I thought here, 20 years in Nepal and now 30 plus in Canada. Uh, life is different. Um, I, I really feel safe Canada. Mm-hmm. I think I can live here. I can visit always in Nepal. Mm-hmm. But living, I feel I, this will be home for me. Wow, that's a big rele- revelation. It is. I always mm-hmm. thought you'd move back to Nepal. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. talk about your project. My project. Okay, what would you like to know? Um, what is your project and who is KYT Foundation, what it does? Okay. That's very, it's emotional. Uh, uh, already making me cry. When I was 11, I saw this lady coming from like five hours away from my village. She's uh, 20 years old only. She had a labor for three days. And uh, she was carried, and um, you know, Dolly. Dolly is a, with a bamboo, they care, four people carrying mm. uh, her because she can't walk. And um, she went to help post. They sent her back. Whoa. And it was a night, uh, sunset time. Still have to go, and she didn't have baby. Yet. With uh, two, three days later, she came, she, they were carrying her. She couldn't have baby and, um, you know, Bumlo? It's a little village. Yeah, village, mm-hmm. after Tsobas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she had a baby. And baby Boo, now she, uh, you know, she uh, still wait to go to hospital. And after she have a baby, they couldn't go to help her. They had to go back home. She still have, that, uh, you know, baby's uh, dead baby, and she couldn't, uh, her baby's friend didn't come out yet. And, oh my goodness, there's um, her mother-in-law crying, father-in-law crying, and the husband is so young, don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. And my 
in my uh, mind that I wish if we had a hospital, she could have lived. You know, she didn't have to go to home, back, and lose her baby. And now we don't, I don't even know what happened to her. So since then, uh, hospital was my, always if I am big and, you know, get good job. And, and rich enough. <laughs> rich enough, <laughs> I will have a rest, uh, hospital. But, um, yeah, and then why uh, KYT, Tareli? K, it's a Kamala Yonzen Tareli Foundation. Tar is a village. And we were called, you know, Hile. They don't say you're Hile Li. Dudgao Le, it's a village, you know, Dudgao. But we were called Tareli because we came from Tar. But okay. Hile is a different con, uh, different uh, village. So Tar so and uh, Hile, both are villages. Villages. So from Tar, my grandpa had to move, um, you know, Brahmin took over land. Oh, and yeah. they were told, my grandpa and grandma told them to move. Another manifestation get out, you know, of like, colonialism. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, they... They borrowed money, 100, they put uh, 2,000, uh, 200, two, 100, 1,000, 200, like 1,000, 1,000 like that. They lost their land. The same time, my grandpa and grandma were the kids. They were kicked out from the village to go to Hile. Just to give you context on that, <laughs> when Nepal was a monarch, Mm-hmm. So these upper class men, these Brahmins and Chhatris who were the officials of king, they used to abuse people in the village by sabotaging the contract they had. So, oh. for example, if you are that Brahmin and I am uh, just a normal villager and I would borrow 100 rupees from you, mm-hmm. instead of 100 rupees, they would do 1,000, oh. add an extra zero. Mm. I see, that's what you're But saying. I was oblivious because obviously I am illiterate and I don't know thing. I would just trust that he's mm-hmm. king's person and yeah. they would do right for us. So they're basically like the government. They yeah. do what the government does here. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And then we would blindly trust you and then you would say and come back and say, Hey, you owe me this much money with interest. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. And I wouldn't have money to pay you back when the interest and principal is like thousand times more than the yeah. original payment. Yeah. They w- they used to take all your lands and then ask you to leave and oh. I guess that's that's, that's the, one happened. of the stories like uh, okay. uh, one of the thousand stories oh, okay. that yeah. everybody suffered. So my <laughs> always negative way put away our, our name. So I want to do positive. And this is why foundation is very important for me. And I want to do, um, especially help uh, single parents, not mom, just mom. I want, my father was single parent. Single parents and uh, orphanage, you know, children without Tuhura children, mm-hmm. which they lost mother or father, they go through a very difficult time. Mm-hmm. And uh, elderly, of course, you know, their children, they neglect. Mm-hmm. And I want to be feeling them, you know, uh, loved. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing what works has been done in the past by KYT Foundation? Yes. 
KYT Foundation, um, first page, first step we said was to bring water to the village. We were able to do that. We, um, in 2015, we went to, um, we had a big uh, earthquake. We raised some money. We went there. We provided food for 64 homes in Ward number 7. And we provided all the people plus four different um, home. That was success. Uh, everybody's happy and did in a safe way. Villager helped. Um, and then because the earthquake, um, the land went um, cracked where water was, the fountain uh, disappeared. And we had to make a, a dig and make a whole tank. Mm-hmm. So we secure that. So the earthquake took away all the work that you had done previously? No, 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 not. Um, the water was there. People had to go and get it. Right. The found foundation was disappeared. It just collapsed. Oh, okay. Uh, like a know, natural water? Natural water. Oh, okay. And it was uh, uh, sh- sipping, you know, underneath. So we had to dig, you know, m- made that water to come to the village. Water is in a village. Now the second step we have to do is uh, land is there. Now I'm thinking... Uh, you know, provide education different way, healing different way, a recovery place mm. for people to maybe childbirth. Yeah, there was a lot of corruption going on mm. at that time with like money being raised for Nepal because people just love Nepal and so yeah. a lot of people sending money through these foundations, I don't know, big organizations and then it would reach those higher ups and it never yeah. reached the people. So like what Amma did was really cool because she took it directly to the people. And I think it was one of the few ways where 100% of the money that we raised went and like helped people. With bags of food and stuff. Yeah, like uh, we got enough for a month or so. Yeah. No, I, I'm pretty sure half of the funds that was raised never reached oh to the gosh. people that was supposed to go. Yeah. Like, even the government was so corrupt that when other countries tried to help through other means than funds, they withheld everything. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, food yeah. and supplies. Mm-hmm. They withheld everything at the airport. Oh there was God. even a report saying that because they withhold those stuff, they all went rotten. Because oh, yeah. like, they're perishable oh products. Oh they're just like, yeah. It was just That's terrible. So and they never advertised that. They never like broadcast this mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's sad because it's our country and we want to help people but the government and the system itself is so fragile and so corrupted that yeah. you don't know who to trust yeah. yeah yeah i think that's the thing about like as we were growing up i had a very different view of nepal like i thought of it as like kind of like a utopia place where <laughs> people are not um over saturated in material things and like the values are 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 better and everything (laughs) but and like and it's true they're like as we were growing up there was a feeling of just like yeah like more of a family like innocence yeah 
like family, spending time with family, mm-hmm. like people still yell at each other, but there was this feeling of closeness, right? Just by circumstance, like you just had to be close because places were pretty small, and mm-hmm. but it was like a very good feeling associated with it. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, of course, we see more, and you see the corruption of the government that's one element, but also how there just aren't enough opportunities for people, and like how our cousins have had really like big struggles with finding work and just being able to take care of themselves and there's just so many ways that um that you know Suno was kind of talking about at the beginning like just like you know if you really do work hard here you actually can you know be quote-unquote successful like Mm -hmm. you just have to put in the work whereas Mm -hmm. I feel like in Nepal and probably a lot of other places, you can work as hard as you want, but if you don't get that opportunity, you're still going to be, like, really struggling. Mm -hmm. So I kind of resonate with what you're saying, that over time, especially after the king was killed and then there was a whole sort of revolution going Mm -hmm. on, there was a lot of civil war going on for years and years, people kind of, like, changed and changed for the worse Mm -hmm. than better Mm -hmm. and even the trust and faith from outside Nepal like people who had already who love Nepal but and do want to do something for Nepal but cannot do it because this just the bond and the trust is not there anymore Mm. and it's just got weaker and weaker and now it's to a point where it's not sustainable at all yeah I don't know what would be the solution or what would be the long-term goal as a country or as a society. Because obviously I would want to go back and do something, but if I don't have any people to trust, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be hard, right? If everybody, even your friend, you cannot trust anymore and just, like do some project, it's, it's super hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. doing project, uh, I, I wouldn't trust anybody to with the money. I, if, uh, I have to be there. Especially donations from countries like Canada and the States. Mm-hmm. They send it there and the, the NGOs or whoever, the individuals receive the money. I don't know, for some reason they turn wild when they see <laughs> dollars. Well, when you're desperate, that's yeah. what happens. Yeah. And so it's almost like you can't blame people for scrambling to take care of themselves, even if it's in a greedy way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would hope that people would make better choices, but it also is part of a system that is totally corrupt. Corrupted, yeah. And so it makes people desperate. I feel like in a lot of ways, Canada is better, in, although it needs improvement, but I still feel like it's, they're responsive and they still function in a way that serves the greater public than just serving itself. Mm